0: Welcome to the Circuit F1 Podcast with me, your host, Marnie Gordon, and today I'm joined by a very special guest and host of Euros Focus,
1: Mr. Cam Smith. Hello, I am Cam Smith, delighted to be on.
0: Oh, thanks, Cam. So, now that the introductions are slightly underway, we'll get back more into it in a second, we are today's host of the Circuit F1 Podcast, but what actually is the Circuit F1 Podcast? Well, it's a podcast run by media students exploring and expressing their passion for the sport that is formula 1 and showing our love around sport sport in the best way that media students know possible which is a podcast me and cam have both been watching the sport for a while and essentially growing up with the sport haven't we cam
1: yeah I'd say so yeah
0: and obviously but there's two sides to this like podcast and this story I'm an average avid amateur watcher and cam you're a bit more of a what, what uh, do you I
1: say I a technical, say a technical ad- expert but yeah I'll do uh, taking interest into that side of the sport. Uh, obviously, over the years, I've, I've obviously learned a lot of knowledge from watching the sport. Sebastian Vettel fan myself throughout my life. I started watching the sport in uh, 2009. Uh, funny story, I played the game on the Wii as Sebastian Vettel, F1 2009, and then that was me hooked forever.
0: Who didn't, like, have the F1 game on me? I had it because my older yeah. brother. But obviously...
1: The older games were... Obviously, now they're all obviously very good, but back in the day, there was elite. I did, you just,
0: did you have the little wheel on the wheel yeah, as well? That yeah, 100%. To? So as you can tell, Cam is kind of like our caroon from Race Control, aren't you? A <laughs> I wouldn't bit. say
1: quite Karoon levels. Maybe Ted Kravitz. <laughs> well, if I was Ted Kravitz levels, I wouldn't be here. Oh, but that's to say true. That. Um,
0: but with our two sides of this point of view of the sport, sport, it gives you a totally fresh and new outlook with me sometimes having a bit of blonde moments. And Cam... Calling me out on those blood yeah, moments. If
1: that happens on the podcast, just just laugh along with it because it happens quite a bit. It
0: happens quite a bit just outside the podcast as well. Yeah, I can back that one. Anyway, with the 2023 season almost near us this weekend with the Bahrain Grand Prix, just almost at our feet. But last weekend we had testing underway. Obviously it's the first bit of content that we've had since silly season and since the driver's lineup was switched up a little bit. So why don't we get into it? Let's talk about like some of the biggest news that happened this seat, um, this testing, which was Lance Stroll and his accident, his bike accident.
1: Oh yeah. Um, so we're in a situation now where I think Mike Crack came out the other day and uh, said that Felipe Drugovich did a, an admirable job in testing. Of course, F two champion last year. We we know he he's drove like the champion that he is, uh, a very talented driver. But I'm looking forward to seeing him because I'm expecting him to drive in Bahrain next weekend because I don't think Lance Stroll.
0: They've confirmed be, it. So last they confirmed night. It, yeah, been. but I think it was about eight o'clock last night. They've confirmed that Lance Stroll would not take part in the first race of the season. Which isn't very good for Aston Martin considering his father, Lawrence Stroll.
1: I think oh, it's it's, it's more the two. experience, isn't it? Especially when you consider the hype around Aston Martin this season. Yeah. You want obviously you want your two main, main drivers to be in the car for the first race. Obviously not ideal. But I'm impressed with Aston are you?
0: I'm really, really impressed. Like there were some rumors surrounding the fact that imagine if they got a Seb back to replace Lance, and it would be Seb and Fernando in a re- like a car that seemingly looks really good, really stable, really consistent this season, with the improvements made. And I think they were one team last season that, with the regulation changes, didn't have much struggle with it. Obviously, they had a bit of a midfield. But what
1: I would think you
0: call it like.
1: I think Aston's that they they struggled for pace last season, but overall they were quite consistent in terms of where they were. There was Seb obviously got some good results here and there, as did Lance. But they are they're a team we know their financial backing from Lawrence himself. Uh, since they moved to racing from Racing points, sorry, I think everyone expected them to push up the grid a lot sooner. Yeah. But from testing, I've got nothing but great words to say. I think obviously you have to take it with a pinch of salt. You always have to do with testing times, but it wasn't just their their lap times. I think. Over one, over one lap pace, they, they didn't really sh- show their hand. But in the long runs on the final day, Fernando, I think they, they, were, they were fantastic. I think they're in a situation where they, Christian Horner himself has actually said that teams are worried about Aston Martin, which I think is understandable with, the, yeah. as I said, the financial backing they have. But um, as I say, the long runs were excellent. They potentially, uh, if you watched um, Ted Kravitz talk with Craig Slater on Sky the other day, they spoke about potential third place alongside Mercedes. I've
0: seen that when he did his top 10 rankings, yeah.
1: Mm. But there's even talk about them being close to, to Ferrari, and that is backed up when you look at their long-run pace yesterday. Their tyre degradation was superb. There was, that was second to none. But they, they were their pace was excellent, and they seemed to get f- faster as the laps went on, yeah. which, of course, you have to factor in f- fuel loads over testing, of course, because... Teams putting in a lot more fuel at the start. And
0: it is only testing, so timings will not be respectful oh, yeah, of course. For, like the race next weekend.
1: Yeah, you do have to take it with a pinch of salt. But it's it seems that f- for once in his career, Fernando Alonso seems to have got a move to another team right. Yeah, uh, we saw Alpine were never they never struggled with Fernando, but it, it was it just it didn't seem a perfect. It wasn't fit the right again. fit, was it? No chance, no.
0: You could see it from like two seasons, three seasons he was with them. Two, yeah, yeah. It ju- he just didn't seem comfortable with that team after he had his little break, and then came back to the the sport, and it just didn't seem like a right fit. But I think everybody in the media and the pit, like the media pit, was saying that Fernando Alonso kept his cars very close to his chest, but he's quite smug about the car, which means that he was quite happy about the car. But the notice that he's quite outright and force-welcome when he doesn't like something, he doesn't like the car, he doesn't like how it's working and he's kept his cards quite close to his chest, so I think we might be seeing...
1: Oh, yeah, we know with Fernando, he's a a man that at times wears his heart on his sleeve, and he can come out without outbursts in the media, as we've seen in the past with with the time of McLaren, etc. But I'm looking forward to seeing them next weekend. I think, as I say, they didn't really show their hand over one lap, so what their qualifying pace is going to be like, we don't know. But they are showing all the potentials of being... to, to be the team that have finally broke out of the midfield, possibly what we thought would happen with McLaren a number of years ago, but they seem to have finally made that leap into the sort of top four. Whether that happens next week, we only time will tell. But I am looking forward to seeing it, to be I'm honest. I'm really
0: looking forward. I think this is the start of the Aston Martin. wouldn't want to say rain yet, but I think in the next few years we might see Aston Martin in the top three competitors.
1: Oh, of course. I think Ted Kravitz said the other day that if, if the Bahrain Grand Prix happened... The other, on, on the final of our testing, it would have been a uh, Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez and Fernando Alonso podium, which I completely agree with. I think, as I say, they look to be a team that have got brilliant long runs. The car looks reliable. We saw them, obviously, uh, retire early on. Uh, on the, was it, was it th- Thursday the testing started? First, Thursday, wasn't it? On the
0: first day, Drogovic uh, had to retire seven minutes in, but they said it was just a technical issue. It wasn't anything yeah. wrong with the car. Just
1: These things happen in testing, of course. I so don't know. You, you have That's to expect what testing's that. Exactly, whole. yeah. Exactly.
0: So yeah, I do think Aston Martin will be up there, but another team that we know for sure will be like for the top title contenders is the Red Bull. The RB19 was on the track for the first time, looking very similar to the RB18, let's not lie. But why would you change a car that did so well yeah. last season?
1: It's it's the old adage of why change a winning formula? You know, Max Verstappen's come out and said himself that I read a quote the other day saying I can't remember the exact the exact quote, but he said uh, that they've taken all the good bits from last year's car and carried on improving it, and that is. But it's it's one of those where they started last season and they Ferrari seemed to have an advantage down the straights, uh, but that massively cancelled itself out over the course of the season, and it's as a as I say, it's a case of you don't need to change a winning formula. They were already miles ahead of Ferrari come to the end of the season, and that car yet again looks a rocket. Uh, putting in laps over the course of the weekend the timings they look strong and they're obviously going to be favorites as as world champions that's always going to be the case but as I say it's about improving on last season because they when you have a target on your back you can often be under a lot more pressure to deliver yeah of course but they're in a position now where they're being chased and Ferrari yeah again a good test in alongside for alongside Red Bull Seems to be a similar gap to what it was the end of last season. If I was gonna put a prediction on timings, about two to three tenths. Uh, it's a, it's about a year of stability for Ferrari, really. I, I believed yeah. so anyway, because I think obviously bringing Fred Vasseur a team principal who we know over the years is reliable, straight talking, uh, and I think I'm looking forward to seeing that. But I think for Ferrari, it's it's about settling down. Last year was the first year they had a title challenging car in a long time. Uh, but the, yet again, silly, mistakes, silly errors it's across a strategy, the board. It's strategy,
0: but they have brought in a new st- a strategy team to help with Ferrari, which is needed, I think. You've seen it last season. What, going from plan A to plan, what, F? F, yeah. yeah. It wasn't, they didn't have the strategy. They had the car, they had the drivers. They have two really, really good yeah. drivers. I think I saw a quote on Sky the other day where somebody asked, I think it was Ted. that About asked the two about, number one drivers? Yeah, when yeah. he was like, how do you, how do you think Ferrari's going to like perform against Max with no number one drivers? And he responded with, we have two really good drivers, which I think is very true. Carlos Sainz. But
1: it, it's also a case where, just playing, playing a devil's advocate here, when, when you have a situation like Silverstone last year where one driver was sacrificed so Sainz could win his first Grand Prix and it was arguably what as, as nice as it was to see uh, Carlos win his first Grand yeah. Prix the way that Charles was sacrificed arguably meant there was a worse result for the team on, on the day and it's a case where you're in that situation where you've got two drivers of similar ability both top, top level drivers what happens in situations like that it's like when you used to watch Hamilton and Rosberg back in yeah. the day There was it, it's, it, it can cause tension we've seen it with, with Charles and uh, Seb in, in 2019 uh, we saw it with uh, Hamilton and Rosberg over the years Whereas I think Red Bull are in a situation where Well, you've they have, seen it with L- Lewis Verstappen. and
0: Valtteri as well, didn't you? And that was one of the oh, reasons yeah. why Valtteri Definitely. had to take himself out of that situation. Definitely,
1: yeah. But I think with Red Bull, it's, they've got obviously the best driver in the world at the moment, Max Verstappen, a, 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 you know two-time world champion. And he's in the form of his life. And I, I can see that carrying on this season. I think he's, at the moment, unbeatable. Whether that changes, only time will tell. But I think he's got a, a driver in Sergio Perez alongside of him who's... Reliable. We know he can win races, as we've seen. We know he can pick up pole positions, and he can pick up those points for the team, which Alex Albon couldn't do in the past, as yeah. well as Pierre Gasly.
0: And even Daniel Kvyat as well, like a few seasons Exactly. When,
1: when you look at the drivers they've had, it's you have to be honest, especially with Red Bull, where Max is prioritised, the driver alongside of you needs to be reliable in a car that's not necessarily built to their strengths. And we've seen, obviously, with Pierre Gasly... Has a very specific driving style, fantastic driver by the way, but he's got a very specific style where his style doesn't work in a car that is built for Max Verstappen. And we've seen him struggle. We saw Alex Albon struggle. Yeah, again as you mentioned, Dani Fiat a few years ago. But I think Red Bull are going into the season as favourites again. Whether I, I can't see Ferrari not winning races, I can't. But I also can't see them starting the season off as immediate title contenders. I think, yet yeah, again, a reliable testing in terms of laps, in terms of uh, mileage. But, yet yeah, again, I am leaning towards Red Bull at the moment.
0: I think Red Bull's car card is made for Max Verstappen. Considering he has a longer contract with Red Bull, and well, Perez's contract is up at the end of next year, they, are, they may be thinking to renew his contract, but they may also think we do need a fresh face here. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of, Drivers struggle when they join Red Bull because the car is made for Max yeah, as a long-term contract signing. There's
1: always the element of being replaceable when you're at Red Bull. It yeah. was there. the same for Mark Webber when Sebastian Vettel was in, in his uh, era of dominance. It was, yeah. Again, you, I, I don't feel sorry for them because I almost feel like you know what you're signing up for,
0: especially when with Red Bull.
1: You, you know that Max Verstappen is, as I say, in the form of his life. And we know that Sergio can challenge him on his day. It's not nothing bad towards Sergio at all. We know he's a world-class driver, but it's, you know, it's, it's the same for when Bottas was, was with Hamilton. You, you've got a driver who's arguably the best in the world, the current reigning world champion. What, what else can you expect?
0: I think we've seen it at Abu Dhabi um, in 2021 when Sergio let Max pass. Oh, I think in that moment, that Red Bull knew they had their second drive out because Sergio was willing to let Max have that championship in just that instance. Right. Moving on to Mercedes, which were the Hmm. original title contenders and they did, used to have the number one pit in the pit lane, but now they've moved and Red Bull has swapped with them. Do we still think they're title contenders?
1: It's, It's too early, as I say, because, you know, you've got to take testing with a pinch of salt. But, going off of testing, it seems to be the two M's, McLaren and Mercedes, as Ted said last night, that have, come out with arguably the the worst performances from testing not in terms of lap times but there was a lack of mileage Uh, the porpoison issue seems to be largely gone but the car itself Lewis Hamilton come out and said that the balance limitations are still there from last season Hamilton was quoted saying this I think Saturday night was I think it was
0: Saturday yeah Um, I think but the only thing George and Lewis both did say was even though they had a rough start to the season the car was stable they had a good, reliable car, though the strategy wasn't there, though the car wasn't there. It was,
1: but it's, it was a it, it, the car yet again. It's it it was in terms of stability, in terms of the team as a whole, it was reliable, obviously reliable. But there was, there was complaints all season about balance issues. They never seemed to get the setup right over the course of the season, and I I didn't think this would happen. To be honest, I thought we seen them come on strong at the end of last season. I thought that this would be the year that they, they iron out those issues. We saw Lewis worked endlessly last season to work with the team to work out these issues. Whilst Lewis last season was almost compromised early on, uh, George was given the a lot of the upgrades. Whilst Lewis was working, as I say, tirelessly behind the scenes to work with the team yeah. to help the car for the rest of the season. Uh, we saw George winning in Sao Paulo. I was, but I wasn't expecting them to, you know, start the season with yet again the same reported problems. Uh, there was a lack of mileage. They have promised upgrades. In recent weeks, whether they have that much of an impact, only time will tell because obviously the the other teams will be developing around them. But the package yet again just doesn't seem to be fully there. And it's a shock really because whilst when the regs come in in 2022, I was expecting uh, a changing of the guard at the top. I wasn't expecting it to be this sort of... um,
0: Ferrari, Red Bull. Whereas
1: Mercedes are a year and a half down the line into the regs now or just just on a year, sorry, not a year and a half, uh, they're in a situation where they seem to be miles behind. And now there's talk of Aston Martin possibly leapfrogging them. It's
0: very crazy considering when you think of them two seasons ago competing for the title like championship and constructors, and now you see them like so far behind. But then there's yeah. talk in the paddock that maybe Lewis has lost his touch.
1: No chance. That's I not...
0: don't think he has, but there is talk going around that maybe... Lewis has lost his touch. Maybe no Mercedes chance. have lost their touch. But I I don't think Will,
1: so. Will Buxton said it perfectly the other day about how, you know, as I, as I, as I just said, last season, Lewis worked tirelessly behind the scenes where at some, time, some points his race pace was compromised because of, you know, George was given a lot of the upgrades on the car because of Lewis, the work Lewis is doing behind the scenes, which, you know, the team agreed on that. There was, that's no issue from a Lewis point of view. But it's the fact that we send... At the end of the season, Lewis is still the same Lewis Hamilton. He's arguably the greatest of all time. That is a matter of debate for another time. But you've got two drivers who are arguably two of the best in the world. One of the best lineups on the grid. Two drivers who get along well. The team seem to be in high spirits behind the scenes. But they're in a situation which, as I say, Aston Martin seem to be in a position where they could possibly leapfrog them. And I don't know where Mercedes go from here. They seem to have stuck with the same pro- same approach of the skinny side pods, which they stuck with last year. Obviously, that wasn't the main issue of their porpoising uh, thing that, you know, plagued them over the course of the season. But I think, yeah, again, they seem to have got the rules wrong wrong at the start of last season and they seem to be on the back foot because of that. Yeah. They've stuck with a similar approach to their era this season. And, you know, the Mercedes, they're going to trust their approach, but it whilst it seems that Red Bull and Ferrari completely nailed the reg change last year, Mercedes seem to have stuck with, you know, as I say, their approach. And whether that will carry on as they seem to find the right balance with the car and the right setups, ups etc., only time will tell. But they do seem to be on the back foot going yeah. into Barone next weekend.
0: They lost out on that time with George's hydraulic failure on day two, which was crucial to their... Is it day two or day three? It might have been day two. And that was crucial to their start to the season. Do you think that will impact their start in Bahrain next week?
1: As I say, it puts them on the back foot where they're in a situation where they they Testing is, as, as I say, it's about mileage, it's about getting in laps and you need to understand your car, you need to understand every, every aspect of that car that your drivers are going to be driving and they're in a situation where they're going into Bahrain with limited testing anyway because of the th- only the three-day uh, period we had this year.
0: Rather than the six that we exactly. had last season.
1: And they're on the back foot anyway. And then they've been hampered by, obviously, this hydraulic failure of George. So that's going to be taking up time of their the Friday practice sessions. And it's, yet again, it's just not the way that you want to be starting a season, especially when they find themselves on the back foot regarding performance. You need to have that understanding of your car.
0: Yeah, of course. Obviously, moving over to the other M that has a problem, McLaren. Uh, do we think Danny Rick got out easy with his twelve million dollar contract after everybody was saying that was the worst decision yeah. they could have ever it's, made?
1: It's a McLaren were awful in testing again. It's sim, there, there was reports about them missing certain development targets over the winter yeah. in terms of certain certain works on the car that didn't go too yeah, well.
0: Brown was quoted saying that they yeah. haven't reached their targets for the car. I, d- I just can't help but think Danny Rick got out easy going to the Red Bull and getting that $12 million payout not to have a seat this yeah. season.
1: It's There was a video of Lando Norris yesterday looking visibly frustrated and it was quite unlike Lando. I, can't, I think I've seen it on Lando is was on the one of the happiest
0: day. people on that grid. Yeah. You, he loves McLaren. He's signed a multi-year contract with them. And for them not to get it right, what? This is now going on two seasons. Oh, yeah. After 100%. the reg changes last season, you would have thought maybe this season they would have ironed out a few kinks, but not to have met their targets. Like, It's a but bit it's, crazy. It's, it's
1: the age-old problems of McLaren. It's Since when we, when we saw them start getting podiums again in 2019, they, they made massive strides forward. We then saw them get third place. Missed out on third place the year after to Ferrari. Unfortunately, you might be able to say. But that those cars were all plagued with issues in slow corners. The car was awful accelerating out slow corners. And whilst they were good over one lap and they were good over, over race pace, they were, they were never as quick as the racing points that season and arguably fortunate to get third if it wasn't for racing points, points deductions, etc. But the same issues seem to be coming back every season after season. The car looks draggy on a straight. You know, the Mercedes engine it might not be the fastest like it was two, three seasons ago. But they're in a situation now where they haven't just got the engine deficit. The, the car itself looks draggy. It looks yeah. heavy. And as I say, they missed targets over the winter. And they they have promised upgrades. Lando has said there will be upgrades in the early weeks. But yet again... Yeah,
0: they said by the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, there should be upgrades. But even then, will, will it be too late? A couple of weeks, exactly. a couple it's, of races in?
1: You know, when you when you see teams around them making such positive strides, it's... I, I, I don't. I, I don't even know if I say it's a shame anymore for McLaren because it's the same old mistakes that happen in year after year.
0: Yeah, you can't help but want them to go back to. Well, their last decent season was twenty twenty one, and even then, the only person to score pole from that team was Daniel Ricciardo, who they got rid of last season, and arguably one of their more experienced drivers. What do you? Th- what like we could have an argument about no, this? He didn't now. get a
1: pole position that like year, did he?
0: Yeah, he did. He got I pole thought, in. I thought it was... M- Twenty twenty one, he did.
1: Did wasn't that because of penalties though?
0: No, he got pole during. Was, that was during Lan, quali- Lando
1: you know, got pole in Russia. It wasn't Russia. It was Lando. Run, Lando got pole in. He Russia. He got pole
0: Russia. and then he won. We're fact checking this now, guys.
1: Yeah, we're well, fact checking this. It, he got I'm pole position in
0: qualifying and then he got he won the race in.
1: When it weren't that the sprint weekend though?
0: It might have been the sprint weekend, but he was still it? got
1: pole. 2021 Italian Grand Prix. Sorry, guys, we're having to fact-check this. I'm only carry on talking. <laughs> so,
0: arguably, he was their only... Actually, he wasn't their only one to win pole, but he was their only... No, he
1: was, only, he was their only race winner, but... He was
0: their only race winner.
1: Italian Grand Prix. I know he won that race because uh, Lewis and Max came together.
0: It was absolutely an incredible. That race was incredible. <laughs> the 2021 Italian Grand Prix. So,
1: it was the sprint results. He
0: got pole, didn't he? No. Bottas, was it Bottas,
1: Danny? Then Bottas, Max, Daniel.
0: Max retired early because it was a ha- Hamilton overtook on the straight, but they obviously collided. Bottas, I yeah, don't know what happened to Bottas. He didn't
1: get pole. I swear, I, I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure. Sorry, guys. I think I think we got back to twenty twenty one here.
0: We're um, to go back a few. I seasons think it was Russia
1: and- which Lando got pole because I remember um, uh, Lando.
0: Oh, I thought it was... Yeah, when
1: it went from dry to wet, didn't it? And Lando didn't switch tyres, and then Lewis ended up winning.
0: Yeah, that was Russia... I, don't, I hate talking about Russia. It breaks Shit. my heart. It breaks my absolute heart that they could have had two race winners that season. Oh, can't.
1: Let's have a look. Um, pole position, Lando Norris. Oh, Sorry, guys, I'm coming on Amani's podcast and having to correct her. We told uh-huh. you this would happen. We, ta- we did tell you
0: this would happen. That <laughs> I'd have a little bit of a bl- blonde moment at some point. But obviously, getting back to the point, Danny Dan yeah. Dan Rick was their only race winner and arguably an experienced driver in their team, more experienced than um, Lando, obviously. How many seasons? Almost 10 seasons, I think it was. 2011, Daniel was, yeah. Yeah, so, what, tw- 11 seasons? Yeah. And they... Decided not to go and, like, they decided... He was poor last season, though. He was poor last season, but you cannot just blame Daniel Ricciardo.
1: Oh, no, it it wasn't Daniel's fault, so to speak. I think he was low on confidence. His form wasn't the best in general. And that car was awful, but... Lando seemed to get to grips with it quite well. Didn't really match Daniel's driving style, but I don't think it was a good fit at McLaren. And you saw,
0: hundred yeah, percent,
1: every week when he's getting battered in the media, etc. He need, he seemed like he needed a refresh, and he seems to be at Red Bull now, obviously his only third driver, but in a position where he's happy. Yeah, he they didn't said fully in simulations that
0: he's like got into grips with the car a lot easier than he did at McLaren, and that's just in simulations, So that must that must be saying something. He's. I think everybody knew that Danny Rick was a Red Bull.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Through and through.
1: But it's, it's a situation where Lando Norris won't put up with this for much longer. You know, you've, you've got not. one of the most promising and most exciting drivers on the grid in, in in Norris, as well as Oscar Piastri, who we know how talented he is. Obviously, all of last summer, the debacle surrounding him and Alpine. <laughs> but it it's a position is. where, you know, McLaren can't sit there and continue to. To give Norris a poor car. And it, there, there are going to be teams sniffing around Lando Norris that that, that is without a doubt. You, you you mentioned earlier about possibly what happens when Sergio leaves Red Bull.
0: Have you seen that comment from Horner yet? But he was like, every time that we've tried to ask Norris about a contract signing, McLaren just renew his contract. Is that the right way to go? Should McLaren be Norris's team?
1: But it, it, it's more from a Lando point of view. He's not going to. Con- Obviously, there was a lot of hype around McLaren in recent years in terms of doing what we've spoke about Aston Martin doing, but they've never made that leap, and it's going to get to a point where Lando's not going to continue to trust the team. of course. Why would he? It's, I do feel bad for him, but... As
0: a McLaren fan myself, I am a bit bit upset (laughs) with the team. (laughs) Obviously, you've seen me, my McLaren top sport in it, but I am a bit disappointed with this team recently, but... I think all we can do is hope that the upgrades by the Azerbaijan Grand Prix will help. Obviously, they only did 80 laps during testing. Um, the prob- They have got problems they do need to iron out. And I think there's nothing more to say on McLaren other than the fact that they need to shape up.
1: Well, in terms of McLaren, and another issue is is the fact that Alpha Romeo and Haas look to be confident at the fact that they are... Quicker than McLaren, I think.
0: I'm so shocked with Haas, so I'm actually so proud for Haas and how
1: like after the struggles they've been through have you seen the um the pit wall? No. So um to, to cut costs, they've only got a three man pit wall now. Have you not seen that? No. Yeah, it's um Gun- are... is
0: this Gunter just there, like chilling yeah. on the wall. Yeah,
1: it's brilliant. But I think as a team, I think from from what they've been through, obviously last season as well we saw Nikita Mazapin obviously get I can get sacked. Obviously, we've seen
0: that debacle. <laughs> just, just
1: before the um, Bahrain Grand Prix. That was Kevin the best Magnuson. part of
0: my season, I think.
1: Kevin Magnussen, his pole position in Brazil last year.
0: That was incredible. That was such a good weekend. I and was we, with missed you, Cam. we missed we, it. We missed <laughs> it. We missed it. We were away. We were at a concert and we'd seen it. Yes. And Cam just yelled <sighs> at me going,
1: Kevin Magnussen's on pole. I couldn't, I genuinely. I
0: went, what? And I got the f one app on. And I've just seen Kevin Magnusson in his lap time, which was like one forty-eight or something crazy like that. Because it was in the wets, wasn't it? it no, was, it
1: didn't. It just gone to dry, it, hadn't it? It just, it just gone. gone to, well, it, what kind of what was the context? Didn't, cause, it was
0: dry, and it was no, the last lap, and it started raining. No,
1: no other driver could put a lap in, could they? No,
0: and he managed to get pole. <laughs> and really... I think obviously we didn't know the context. We just seen.
1: Yeah, all we saw was that Kevin Magnuson's on pole position. I was. I
0: just remember screaming to you, going, "What, Cam... <laughs> But, but that was incredible. It H- just shows themselves. he's a good driver.
1: Obviously, return of Nico Hülkenberg to Formula One.
0: Oh, I miss, I've missed Nico, <laughs> you know. Have you seen that one on um, Drive to Survive? I don't know if you've seen it on TikTok, where K-Mag has gone, yeah, he can suck my balls. Oh, Obviously, yeah, I remember that a
1: few <laughs> years ago, Hungary. Mean, 2000, 2017 or 18? said,
0: oh, Hülkenberg's joining the team. He can suck my balls. <laughs> Obviously, a reference to yeah, him was in a... Hungary after they had their... Crash. I think it's a bit light humour. Everyone said there might be a bit of team contention. I can't see it. I I don't think I can see
1: it. We we know that tensions are high at the end of races, which is why obviously K-Mag is yet again another driver who wears his heart on his sleeve. But I think for for the team as a whole, it's yet again the same trends. as The the, the teams who seem to have got the rules right last season are starting on the front foot this season. Yeah. Uh, Has decent testing all round. Uh, There is confidence within the team that they can be quicker than McLaren. Uh, I think they've got, as I said, a brilliant driver lineup. Whether Hulkenberg settles back in immediately, only time will tell. Next I weekend,
0: feel like he has like from what he's saying and what Kevin Magnussen is putting out to the media in the like the paddock. It seems like he is setting it in quite easy.
1: But he's an experienced driver, isn't he, Hulk? At the end of the day, he's, I think having two years, experienced drivers
0: for the Haas was the best thing. After having, I think they've gone from two extremes. They had two rookies in twenty twenty one to two experienced drivers. This season, maybe that's what they've needed. Oh, obviously, yeah, it's a it's,
1: whole different world, isn't it?
0: It's a very similar driver's lineup to 2019. With Grosjean and yeah. Anderson, yeah. obviously Grosjean said that he wouldn't... He was one of the options, actually. Gunter said that bringing Grosjean back, but he was like, he doesn't want to come back to the sport.
1: Go full circle.
0: Yeah. Danny Rick, Gunter, obviously, iconically said, we can't afford him. He's asked for $10 <laughs> million dollars minimum. So Hulkenberg was the one that Kevin Magnussen actually said... What about Nico? And Quinter was like, he had a light bulb go off then. I think having two experienced drivers that know the car, obviously Hulkenberg was a reserve driver for Haas. I don't know. Do you think it's going to be a really good driver's pairing this season? They've got a stable car. They've got consistency.
1: I think so. I think that last season they showed they can be fast. Uh, They did struggle over one lap at times, but K-Mag has always been a driver who'd been brilliant in qualifying and we saw him... Put that car in places that that it shouldn't have been. Quite frankly, as we saw in pole position in Brazil,
0: definitely shouldn't have been. They ended up P eight, I think, by the end of the race.
1: Yeah, they 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 did seem to.
0: They scored points that weekend as well, which was incredible. Like obviously, it was competing with the Red Bull and the Mercedes, but to score P eight. But now,
1: now with the now with the cost cap and the gap will continue over the next few years. Hopefully, as obviously Formula One fans, we all want, we will start to see the gap narrow down between the big teams and the midfield. But yet again, it's as I say, the teams who got the rules right last year seem to be on the front foot front this season. Alpha Romeo, I, th- I find them in a similar situation to Haas. I think they their development stalled over the course of the season. Yeah. I think they started off brilliantly. Uh, Joao Yu, sorry, I think he was brilliant. Obviously, he got Rookie of the Year, but he's going to win. Yeah, he got Rookie on, of on the, the Year, but
0: he did score points in his maiden race, Exactly, he's incredible.
1: And Valtteri Bottas leading the development of that team.
0: I feel like Valt- Valtteri has pushed Alfa Romeo, like to things that they wouldn't yeah. have done when K- um, Kimi Raikkonen was still there. Yeah, Kimi
1: was at the end of his career, wasn't he? You could see that he th- wasn't. He was ready to yeah.
0: go. Would miss? Kim- I do miss Kimi sometimes? Oh, you, you can't know? not miss Kimi. I do wish he was back in the sport. Like, what, you do, might- you th-
1: what do you think of the livery?
0: Oh, right. To know they've had a slight color change. I love how that's my, but my knowledge so far is that they've had a cycle of change. I really
1: that. like it. I'm do you obsessed like it? with
0: it. I dunno, it it's nice. It, it looks a
1: bit like a Ferrari, but looks a bit I do like, like a
0: Ferrari. It. Drives like a Merc. What is it? Have you seen that one where Ted's gone? Looks like a Ferrari. Drives like a Red no, Bull. No, I haven't seen that. But no, think... like a Merc. and I'm like, perfect. That's Aston like all summed up. Alpha. Alpha. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God.
1: I think I've, I've seen Bottas describing the car as it, it's nice to drive and that there's no real problems, which I think is as a, midfield, as a midfield team, it's what you want. You know, they're in a situation where, as I say, similar to Haas, where they're trying to make that leap between the sort of bottom ends of the midfield, yeah, in towards a sort of Alpine area because Alpine seems to be in a little nice little world of their own, really. I think testing. They're
0: solidly midfield, don't you think?
1: Testing Out- was intriguing for those. I, they didn't show their hand at testing at all because they were the one team on the grid with, with where their lap time was worse than testing last year. Yeah, which is not, which is will in no way be indicative. Testing
0: of is just all
1: That mileage, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, they got decent mileage. I think brilliant driver lineup. We've seen Esteban Ocon has been reliable for the, the two team French over the years.
0: drivers. Well, it's not French, is he? Technically. Yeah. Is, are they both French? I thought you, one was... Are
1: you thinking of Charles Claire from Monaco?
0: No, I thought he was on the border of French because Gasly had this thing last season where he's like, technically I'm not French. And everyone's
1: like... He is French, but...
0: He is French, but he was like, I live on the border of somewhere and everyone's like, just shut up, you're French. Do you know what I mean? Shut up, your French. Just shut up, your are French. Obviously, Let's not get
1: cancelled in the first podcast of the morning.
0: Obviously, two French drivers in a French car. What a brilliant lineup! They
1: don't... I mean, there's been talk about their past arguments and past rivalry. Oh, God.
0: Have you seen the Instagram beef that happened this season? um, Well, on the winter break.
1: They're both adults. They'll put it past them.
0: Obviously, if you haven't seen it, Charles, Pierre and... Esteban. Esteban. Sorry. Went mind fog then. All went out in New York just before the car launches. Charles the Clerk edited out. (laughs) Esteban (laughs) Ocon in the pictures. Well, whereas obviously Pierre Gasly, for PR media, PR and media reasons, obviously media students we know got keep up appearances appearances for the team. Posted the one with Esteban, but obviously as everybody knows, Charles and Pierre are very very close, and they have got a bit of would we say contention, past contention, tension, tension. And what I don't between know.
1: Esteban and Pierre? Yeah, between those two, yeah, they're up. They they did. And a little along, bit with Charles
0: because Charles is really close to Pierre. Yeah. I don't know. I
1: think, as I say, they're all adults. They, all they get are on with all, adults. They're all They're all professional athletes. At the end of the day, there are going to be times where there's disagreements, etc. But I think it's a solid lineup. Obviously, not quite the experience of Fernando, which maybe they'll miss. But I think it's nice to have this sort of solid lineup where you've got two brilliant drivers. By the way. Uh, Ga- yeah. Gasly's quote on Drive to Survive did make me laugh the other day when he said he wa- he wants his career to be at a point where he doesn't have to introduce himself at the start of every Netflix series <laughs> but um, I'm looking forward to seeing Alpine because I think yet again testing won't be indicative of their season because they didn't seem to show their hand at all but last year we saw solidly sort of the best of the rest you know everyone yeah. every- McLaren seemed to struggle struggle massively as I've said and they-, they seem to be in that sort of area of sort of fifth place whether they can make any strides towards possibly Mercedes like the way Aston Martin have done I'm not too sure but it, they find themselves in a situation where they're sort of being chased down by the likes of Alpha Romeo and Haas uh Williams and Alpha Tauri I think
0: I'm quite proud of Williams at the moment. I know they're going be. to be yeah. I know that they may be bottom of the field but I do think they have made strides since that season I feel like even though they may be 10th yeah. 9th or 10th I do think this new team principal that's come on. I think
1: well, it is... Like, the problem is it's they're going into a season without a technical director. James Valls has see, said... I think I've
0: seen that yesterday. <laughs> I was like,
1: oop. James Vowles has said that he wants to obviously recruit a technical director, but it's... How Williams are, are a historic team in Formula 1. one. You, you shouldn't be in this situation. Uh, the car doesn't seem to have the same struggles and voices that they had last season, but it just seem reliable. But compared to teams around them, there is a massive sort of lack of any aerodynamic expertise and innovation, which is yet again indicative of the fact they don't have a technical director. Yeah, you can't think of that. But whilst they're not so much backmarkers in terms of what they were a few years ago, because we know that decent lineup, uh, Alex Albon always has that surprise result up his sleeve, and I'm looking forward to seeing Logan Sargent another yeah. talented driver. But I, I can see them, you know, be at the back of the field in terms of pure pace. Alpha Tauri ended up slipping to ninth place last season, which really surprised me. That
0: really, really did surprise oh, I'm just not... Sh- like, the bottom and midfield teams are going a bit everywhere at the moment, aren't they? I think it
1: shows how tight the midfield is, though. I
0: think it- I think it's going to be a really good season in that midfield. But I, d- I don't know. I haven't got a clue where anybody's going to sit this season.
1: Alpha Tauri had an okay pre-season. The team do s- France Tost has come out and said that they're not really confident about the pure performance, but the car is reliable. Uh, the line-up, I think it, it's the season that Yuki has to perform now. We've seen it in spells from yeah. him. Which, uh, and Nick DeVries, we know it's ever so impressive in his uh, one race for Williams last season. But uh, it's they're in a, a weird position, really, where Yuki has to perform. He has to really stake a climb against Nick DeVries.
0: Yuki's almost out of a contract as well, so... Whereas Nick hasn't It seems like a
1: last chance saloon, doesn't it? It is.
0: Like, this season will be the last chance, especially with a rookie. If Nick happens to outperform um, Yuki at any point, it may be a toss up with, like, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Is Yuki going to get another season where they take.
1: But the problem is, though, Nick isn't. You can say Nick DeVries is a rookie, but he's somebody who's been around for a long, long time. He
0: has raced on a Formula One Mm -hmm. track. We've seen him race on a Formula
1: One track last season. We've seen. He won the Formula 2 Championship in 2019. Yeah. He's been around for a long time. It, it, it's not as if he's not an experienced driver. He's driven in Formula E. He's, he's driven very, in, in very good Formula. in Formula E. Didn't yeah, even form- exactly.
0: yeah. So his
1: Nick is an experienced driver. He was... He came through, through the McLaren system a long, long time ago, about 2012, wasn't it? He's in GP2 for...
0: He's not young like the other rookies exactly. either. Yeah.
1: He's, exactly. I think
0: he is about 25, 26. So he is oh, yeah. quite far into his career to get to Formula 1 at this age. Because it's quite old to get into Formula 1 for the age years. But he, he's a rookie by all the standard means. It's his first proper season in Formula 1. But does that give him a fair start against the Yuki versus Nick? I,
1: but I think know. for AlphaTauri in general, they do find themselves in a weird situation where they're never going to be a team that progresses in towards the, obviously the top four three because of, because of their connections to Red Bull. There was rumours last year about Possible. There's break, still rumours that Bull. they
0: think they're either gonna split from Red Bull, move to Walkin, Walkin out of every place, same place McLaren is currently based, or I think Sa- they said Sauber maybe, which was I was a bit, I wasn't shocked, but I was a little bit shocked, but I was a little, no, my head's a bit everywhere with the, that one.
1: The the, the rumours are all, always every year about possible AlphaTauri breakaways, but I think Sauber <laughs> out it, of it, everyone, it's, it's more the fact that, as I say, that they're in a weird position where. They were, I mean, they've won a, they're race winners, two-time race winners over the course of yeah. their history. Obviously, with Sebastian Vettel and Pierre Gasly, both in Monza. But they see, they they really dropped off last season. I think Yuki, yet again, he, he didn't really perform at his best. Pierre knew he was leaving. There wasn't so much the... There
0: wasn't side, the kick no, there the was yeah. there
1: wasn't the kick up the arse that I feel that was needed last season in terms of I feel like they were very on. lax,
0: but do you think they were lax for this season, knowing that they were going to come in? Maybe maybe they were sandbanking. They were. That was one of the teams that they said maybe they were sandbanking testing, during yeah. testing.
1: Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. As I say, um, the car is reliable. We know the Honda engine is a rocket. We know yeah. that they've got Nick De Vries. So I'm looking forward to see whether he can carry on his form from Williams last season. Yuki, we know he's got a lot of pace. Yuki's got a he's lot got of talent. He's got talented. so much potential. He's, lot, he's got a lot of talented. He's a, got a lot of talent, sorry.
0: Yeah.
1: But... Yeah again I think Alpha Tauri are the most contested team this season in terms of I don't know where I can see them fitting. The others the the other midfield teams around them are Haas, Alpha Romeo etc. I see them solidly pushing on past McLaren. But Alpha Tauri I don't see them in the same I don't put them in the same bracket as Williams. But I don't see them being anywhere near the likes of the the, the upper midfield teams, no. the upper echelons of the likes of Alpine etc. It
0: is a bit of a a weird one. Right, now that we've talked about all the drivers, and well, we've talked about all the drivers and the cars. Cam, I've got a couple of questions for you. Okay. What were your standout moments from testing? Obviously, there's been a couple, but what were your, if you have to say, top three standout moments from testing?
1: Um, The first one has to be Aston Martin, I think, of course. I think, they are these, are these shorter answers?
0: Anything, okay. go into it.
1: As I said about Aston Martin earlier, uh, there was rumours over over pre-season about them possibly making leaps towards the top three. I think it was bound to happen at some point due to the financial backing, etc. And the the team is on an upward spiral. But they seem to have made the strides forward. Whether it happens in Bahrain next week, only time will tell. But massively impressive over pre-season. Second story seems to be the team they're arguably replacing in terms of Mercedes. And there's been talk about Aston Martin uh, in terms of fighting Mercedes for P3 in the championship but Mercedes look not awful but they look to be starting on the back foot lack of mileage compared to what they would want they don't seem to be the same well-oiled machine that they have been in recent years yet again they could completely prove us wrong and have a strong season last season you know George was he had that record of P of top 5 finishes for a long while didn't he Yet again, they could surprise us, but I can't see it. They're relying on upgrades coming in recent years and in recent weeks. Sorry, and this was the the, I expected them to kick on from their strong finish to last season, but yet again, starting on the back foot. Third story just has to be Red Bull. I think it reminds me of the Red Bull of old and the sort of Mercedes we saw from 2014
0: to 2021, where they're a
1: well-oiled machine from top to bottom. I think they're they're confident. The stappen is in the form of his life.
0: That R B nineteen is looking very, very good like really good on the track as well. Definitely. I think one of mine was the one that I sent you on TikTok, was where they had that mini sprint race, right? Just oh, for, yeah the last yeah. few laps. Yeah. And it was Crofty doing the little commentary. <laughs> it just it gets you back into the mood for Oh yeah, I can't wait now. Do you think Cam, do you think any of the teams have been sandbagging? I I think think there's
1: there's less of the opportunity to, quote unquote, sandbag this preseason. Obviously, before when you have five six day testing events, you know no team is going to fully show their hand properly. And you've got there'll be some days where certain teams might show their hand. For example, Alpha Romeo over the years have been known to do what I call glory runs in terms of you know putting in fast lap times just to show show their car off to obviously fans and themselves and see what what potential they have. But with a six day event, you have a sort of different plan where one day you'll have, for example, Mercedes might do a few fast runs, whereas Red Bull might save theirs for the last day. So you, you can never really judge who's who yeah. and, wh- and who's where, sorry. But I think with this sort of three day event, you don't really have much opportunity to. It's more like a Friday practice session in terms of, it's about getting the car out on track, you and know, fixing any problems yeah, any, any last minute problems, any last minute, you know, issues, so no, maybe not sandbagging to the to to the use of the word that the way it's been used over the course of the last sort of five, six years. Yeah. But obviously teams don't show their full hand. I think I think that with Alpine that they haven't really shown their full hand yet. But when we will see on Friday in practice.
0: Do you think, Cam, out of the three three well, technically four with Drogovic, the rookies this year, who do you think will be your rookie of the year by the end of the like the last race of the season, Abu Dhabi, twenty twenty three. Had to finger that one then. So
1: who've we got? Piastri, sergeant. We've
0: got Piastri, Stard- Sergeant, Sergeant and Devries, and technically Drogovic, but mm, we'll we'll leave him out for now. Yeah, we'll
1: keep Felipe out for the minute. Yet again, it's a difficult one because I described McLaren's tr- troubles earlier. So uh, uh, Oscar I think will will we know how talented he is. He's arguably one of the next generation of title contenders, hopefully. I'd love to see him do well. Um I'm just gonna I'm gonna say Nick DeVries just for the fact of his you know, we we, we saw how good he was in in Williams last year and how experienced he is. I think that experience will be key. I know, you know, he's won top he's won championships across the world. But, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in Alpha Tauri, that's the pressure's sort of off. Yeah. And we saw we we can see often with rookies that if that pressure's off, if if you're in a team that's towards the back end of the grid, it allows, you know, them to when that surprise result happens, as we've saw Time after time with Alex Albon. Yes, he wasn't a rookie at Williams, but it was the pressure was off where, you know, we saw him score points in a number of yeah. races. We saw his amazing, amazing stint. I think it was in Bahrain where yeah. he, d- he did about 40-odd 40, 40 laps on that one set of tyres, yeah, he... finishing the points. You know, I think it will be Nick De Vries, just for the fact of his experience and the fact there's a lack of pressure yeah. surrounding him.
0: Someone said that the three rookies this season emulate Another three rookies from a couple of seasons ago. Do you know who it is? Cam,
1: Lando, Albon, and George. Yeah, could have guessed.
0: Could you couldn't have guessed it? And I think you can see it. Like obviously, they've all three of them have actually been in oh, Formula course, Two yeah. together, and it's weird that they've all started. And obviously, there's another thing that happened during their season coming back was an old driver coming back, which was, which this season is Nico Hulkenberg, which is a bit oh, weird. Oh yeah, who was it that season? It was I think Fernando Alonso came back. Their season that they came up as might not have been Alonso retired that season. It was somebody, one of the old drivers, came back that season, and it's kind of emulated in this season. So do we think that this could be the season? Didn't Danny
1: Kvyat come back that season? Might
0: have been Danny Kvyat. I think we might have an like an emulation of that season. Who knows? Just throwing that out there. It's quite a good coincidence, there Who do you think? Cam, like one of the final questions here. Your twenty twenty three, like all round by right, by Abu Dhabi, your constructors and your camp championship drivers like predictions.
1: This is probably the easiest question you could have asked me. I think it's going to be Verstappen and Red Bull again. I just you think he's
0: going to be a three time world champion.
1: Yeah, I can't see anything different. I just really can't. I think he's in the form of his life. That team, the spirits are so high. The car looks to be a rocket again. They seem to be a well oiled machine. Ferrari, it's a year of stability and a year of transition going into Fred Vasseur's era. I think, yeah, I'm just going to have to say that. I've, I'm going to put it out there now. In, you know, in nine months' time, hopefully, I might be able to, maybe not stand corrected because it's not a way I don't yeah. want to see Max win the, t- the title. Uh, I, I just want to see, see a battle at the time, of course.
0: I think I also think Max will win, but I'm going to throw it out there. I'm not, I'm not. I don't think Red Bull will win the Constructors. Think? I think it's going to be either a toss-up between Ferrari... Or even I'm gonna throw it out there.
1: No, don't even say it.
0: I think the Aston Martin no. <laughs> comes to catch. No,
1: because I just can't see it.
0: You can't see it. I but can't see them being instant. do happen. I feel like I do think Max Verstappen just will win the third. He'll be the yeah. time world champion of the world. But I'm gonna throw it out there in nine months' time. If Aston Martin, <laughs> if you didn't hear that, then Cameron just said I'm chatting waffle. I may be chatting waffle. But I do think I'm throwing it out there, Cam.
1: No, I'll just... Th- to, to win a Constructors' Championship, you need to be sort of instant race winners from race one. That's I can't see Aston fully doing that. I do apologise. I may
0: take this back next week and be like, nope,
1: I Aston. hope she does. I hope she does.
0: <laughs> um, Cam, what race are you looking forward to this season as well before we wrap this up? Um,
1: same as always. Uh, Silverstone, British Grand Prix. Best circuit in the world. In Silverstone the and Spa. Sparta's. as someone who has Belgian family myself, I always take great pride in that weekend. Yeah. I think it's my favourite circuit alongside Silverstone. I think, yeah, those two it's always. And, and Las Vegas as I well. I was
0: just about to say, I think I'm quite excited for Las Vegas. I'm looking my, forward to that. My favourite's always Monza. I love Monza. Um, but Silverstone, obvious one. It's always in the summer and I feel like it's always hot. You've always had a different experience with that one, haven't you, yeah. Canberra? Yeah,
1: 2018. Watching Sebastian Vettel win in person, surrounded by a lot of Lewis Hamilton fans, <laughs> to say the least. It's
0: a good race. Um, and then to wrap this up, top three. Who do you think's gonna be in the podium next race in Bahrain?
1: Next week in Bahrain. Whoa. Um, Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc.
0: Oh, okay. Red Bull one go. 2 Verstappen, Leclerc, Alonso. Wow. Wow.
1: Okay. You're throwing it out there? I'm
0: throwing it out there. I'm going to be an Aston Martin girlie, I think, this season. No,
1: I, I can see them obviously challenging for podiums. I just think next week will be... Obviously, Bahrain is a very power-sensitive circuit. The Red Bull is will be obvious favourites that weekend, of course, at any course. circuit. But their power advantage, I think, will play into their hands next week.
0: I think it's going to be a good weekend. Right, guys, thank you for listening to the Circuit F1 podcast with me and Marnie Gordon.
1: And Cam Smith, thank you for having me on.
0: You're welcome. Always a
1: pleasure, never a chore. Thank
0: you for coming on. We will see you next weekend at the Bahrain Grand Prix, where we will give you the update on everything that's happened, and I may take back everything I've said in this podcast, (laughs) which is probably likely, isn't it, Cam? Most likely, yeah. Yeah, but thank you for listening today, and we hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, people. Right, bye-bye.